You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, can you believe it, Aaron? The news has finally come through. That the new starting quarterback for your Miami Dolphins is Tua Tungavailoa. It is happening. It is happening. It is happening. It's Tua time. It's it's a lot sooner than we expected. I think even the most ardent uh, Tua fans who have been shouting for weeks that he should be playing... I think considering the way the last couple of weeks have gone, probably thought it's going to be a little bit before Tua ends up starting. But here we are. Here we are. The decision has come down from high. And it is, as you mentioned, sort of a surprising surprising thing that it happened as soon as it did. I think especially in light of the fact that the Dolphins had won two games on the bounce in pretty convincing style. Granted, Ryan Fitzpatrick, particularly in this game against the Jets, didn't play great. And in fact, you could say particularly in the second half of that game that he played kind of badly. But that's sort of the up and down roller coaster that you go on. But with the Dolphins on a little bit of a winning streak heading into a bye week, you maybe thought probably not going to happen here. And I, in fact, I had even sent out of a, out a tweet literally less than 24 hours before this news broke. I, I sent out a tweet that said to everybody, listen, the Dolphins are three and three. We're probably a little bit better than our record shows. And I think for right now, at least anyway, Fitzpatrick should remain the starter. Lo and behold, the next day, Adam Schefter of ESPN breaks the news that the Dolphins are changing gears and Tua Tungavailoa is going to be your new starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And this obviously set Dolphins nation, if you want to call it that, just ablaze because everybody was super fired up and everybody had a take. Brain, I joined Mike on the DolphinsTalk.com podcast. We did a breaking news audio that we released on Tuesday afternoon, right after the news broke. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to hop on here on the airwaves on the same old Dolphin show and give your instant reaction to what happened and your reaction to the Tua news. But before we get that brain, before we get that reaction, I got a question for you. What does a guy call his best friends? Any any know. ideas? No, I, I'm I'm at a loss. Well, they're his testies besties, of course. <laughs> and Halloween is right around the corner, and you don't want to spook someone with your hairy bush. 
Our friends at Manscaped want to help make your boys downstairs clean and best friends of their own. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-waist grooming and offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Rawr! You might be Chewbacca, Bigfoot, or a hairy bear, but it's what's under the costume that really matters. Brain, are you going to incorporate Manscaped into your Halloween plans? Uh, I think I might go the other route and just not use Manscaped for for a couple of weeks, so I'm that much scarier down there. It's true. You you will be very, very scary, and while it, that might be appropriate, you know, on Halloween, some folks maybe want to, you know, there's this new trend where people want to have a sort of sexy Halloween costume, and so maybe you want to, you know zhuzh things up a little bit and and maybe you don't want to be that hairy guy so manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 inside the perfect package you'll find their electric trimmer called the lawnmower 3.0 which is an incredible piece of equipment it's waterproof and it has a skin safe trimmer which will reduce nicks to your pumpkins You can also create less mess by trimming in the shower or using their Magic Mat disposable shaving mats. And of course, let's not forget about the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. I am wearing mine right now, as a matter of fact. Strongly recommend these uh, these perf- anti-chafing performance boxer briefs. Super, super comfortable. Great, great underwear. So I recommend those. And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver, which is a ball toner spray. So it's time to get clean and mean with this Perfect Package 3.0. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. So stay sexy this Halloween. Go to manscaped.com, get the Perfect Package 3.0, use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK, you'll save 20%, you'll get free shipping, your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code DOLPHINSTALK. Trick or treat, keep your balls neat. Brain, you've now had an opportunity to digest the Tua Tungavailoa news. So what was your sort of instant reaction when everything came down from high. My instant reaction was, boy, they must have really been impressed with those two passes. Uh, and then I started to think about it and I said, this reeks of, they just, they knew going into the season that they were going to throw Tua in after the bye week, provided uh, that he seemed ready. And I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it that you don't want, you want to make sure that it isn't understated. I don't believe that they would be throwing Tua out there if they did not believe that he was ready. Uh, And I think that's the biggest part of it. Uh, But that said, I think, you know, the majority of fans would have figured, 
Uh, and I think the majority of experts would have figured the logical time to do this would have been at a time where Fitzpatrick was struggling, the team was struggling, they appeared, it appeared like the season maybe was lost, and that's when it's time to say, all right, it's not so much about this season, it's about the future, let's get Tua in there. And I, I, but, but again, we're, we're seeing the, the move made at, at quite the opposite. We're seeing it at a time where uh, at this moment, Ryan Fitzpatrick is seventh in the NFL in total QBR. Uh, he has had a couple of absolutely elite games. We're talking about his last game like it was a bad performance, but he threw three touchdowns in the first half, two interceptions in the game. It was still, while not a great performance, it was still a overall a pretty good performance. And his two quote-unquote bad games were not really bad games. They were games where you could make the argument that the Dolphins aren't in those games if not for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it, like you said, we're three and three. There's a, there's this growing sentiment that we're actually better than our record says that we are just going off of point differential right now would tell you that the Dolphins are, are a top 10 team in the league, that the Dolphins are a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, one thing that I don't think anybody is going to deny is that he really is the, the unquestioned leader of that locker room. And, uh, it just, because of it, the timing of it seems weird. And it seems like they just said, Hey, we want the, the two weeks for Tua to prepare. So as long as he's ready, that's the time that we're going to throw him in there. Um, and so originally that was my thought. And it was just like, all right, you know, Brian Flores gonna, I'm going to give him credit. I'm going to give Brian Flores the benefit of the doubt. Obviously he thinks that Tua is ready and he had a plan and I applaud him for, you know, keeping this plan so close to the vest that literally nobody saw it coming, not even his own players, not even Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua himself. Uh, and so I, part of me was saying, was thinking, you know, damn, that's, <laughs> that's really impressive. But then I actually listened to the, the media availability, the actual, uh, Brian Flores quotes, uh, in response to the questions. And it rang a different way for me when I actually heard what Brian Flores said, where he brought Chris Greer into the decision-making process. This was not Brian Flores saying, you know, I felt like Tua gives us the best chance to win this next game. And I thought that that was interesting that he did not say that. What he said was, you know, this was a difficult decision and me and Chris talking about Chris Greer, the Dolphins general manager, we talked about it and we just decided that now was the best time to make the move. This is the best move for the team going forward. And I thought the way that it was phrased, the way that he brought Chris Greer into it really, to me, struck me as this was a collaborative decision 
And this was probably a decision where Chris Greer had a sizable amount of influence where ultimately the GM has more, I, I, I'd say, look, it's more the GM's job to worry about the future and it's more the head coach's job to worry about the present. And of course, you know, there, there's a, always a, a reasonable, if not heady argument to be made that anytime you draft a rookie quarterback, unless he is absolutely not ready, you definitely want to give him as much playing time as possible in that rookie year for a couple of reasons. One, first and foremost, to get his feet wet so that come year two, it's no longer a learning experience. You've gotten those hiccups out of the way and you're ready to hit the ground running. And two, in the event that it ends up being a failure, like Josh Rosen uh, with with the Arizona Cardinals, then you can, you, you've got 10 games or 14 games or however, depending on when you throw that quarterback out there to evaluate, come to that decision and decide, Hey, we got to go a different route. If the quarterback never gets in there, then you are robbing yourself of that opportunity, of that opportunity to evaluate him. Um, and so I really thought. I mean, it, it did not cross my mind again when I first heard the news that I just thought this was a Brian Flores decision. But when I actually listened to the Brian Flores quote, my biggest takeaway was, look, this was a Chris Greer decision that Brian Flores probably signed off on where maybe it was an ongoing conversation between Chris Greer and Brian Flores. Like, you know, we want to see two of this year as long as he's healthy and he's ready. And so it was probably an ongoing situation where Chris Greer is probably talking to Brian Flores every week. How's Tua looking? When do you think he'll be ready? Maybe at the beginning of the season, they said, well, you know, right now, Brian, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick gives us the best chance to win. Tua is still working on a few things. You know, we got the bye week pretty late. We'll see how we're, how the season progresses, but, but I think he'll be ready for the bye week. And then they move the bye week up a few weeks and all of a sudden you're at this spot and, and Chris Greer probably says to Brian Flores, all right, we're, we got the bye week. Uh, you know, is two a ready? And Brian Flores at that point probably has to like, you know, what, what, what does he say there? If Tua is legitimately doing all of the things in practice and looks like he's ready and he's healthy and we saw clearly he's healthy. Uh, the offensive line is not as big a concern as we thought it was going to be going into the season. And I, I found it interesting that Brian Flores didn't come right out and say that I think Tua gives us the best chance to win because frankly, if he believed that, that would be the easiest thing to say. So the fact that he didn't say that tells me that he doesn't necessarily believe that. He just believes uh, that at this point, Tua is ready to get in there. And the difference between Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick right now might be negligible enough that 
come the end of the season because of Tua's upside, remember, we drafted him fifth overall, uh, that it, it will end up paying dividends. And if it doesn't end up paying dividends this season, it will end up paying dividends going forward next season. So then you believe that this is a situation where the Dolphins are putting the evaluation of their investment over the whatever the destiny of the 2020 season is? Like, do you believe that they are looking at a, that we're in a situation where the Dolphins are putting Tua in now more so to give him two weeks to get implemented into the offense and then to see what he looks like over the course of the final 10 games of the season and maybe taking and making that the most sort of valuable part of what is left of the season. And then while that is happening, they're also saying, look, if we make the playoffs, great, that's a bonus. But really the primary goal at this point is to evaluate where we are with this investment. And if we make the playoffs, great, but that's not the primary focus at this point. Is that where you think the Dolphins are are sitting right now? Yeah, I think they've been consistent since uh since Brian Flores has got here and we've you know we went through what we went through last season and the whole idea of last season was you know you could call it tanking you could call it rebuilding you can call it whatever you want to call it but the fact was is that we mortgaged the short term for the benefit of the long term and i think that in general that's what their strategy is going to be until they feel they're ready to win a Super Bowl. And it's it's hard to argue with that logic. This team is not supposed to be a playoff team this year. It's certainly not supposed to be a Super Bowl team. It It's not a Super Bowl team. I'll tell you that much. It might be a playoff team. It might not be a playoff team. But at the end of the day, if there is more to gain by playing Tua this year and there there's more to gain next year by playing him this year then you know I see the logic in it and it's it's really it's hard to argue yeah I, I would agree with that and I think that there probably are some people out there and and maybe there are among them in the coaching staff that really feel that Tua is the guy that gives this team the best opportunity to win right now and maybe there are fans that really are excited about Tua getting playing time right now because they feel somehow without having really any kind of extended opportunity to see him play in the in the pro level uh that he provides this team the better opportunity to win but I I, I think that's right I think ultimately that the team is making this move now with the future in the forefront of their thinking. Obviously, the, and I, and I mean the long term, that, you know, uh, developing Tua to, to be this quarterback, to, to be the quarterback, the franchise quarterback of the future for this team, or, or the franchise quarterback of the present, really. Um, but that's, that's where the goal is right now. The goal is developing him. And if, as an ancillary part of it, the Dolphins end up winning and doing really well this season and making it into the playoffs, then fantastic. But they're not, it, it feels like they are not fooling themselves into the idea that this team is a championship contender right now. It is still part of this process. This is not like, what was it, uh, 2016 when Adam Gase 
took the Dolphins to the playoffs in his first season. That team ended up uh, nine and seven and and making it into the playoffs. And we and suddenly that that team thought they were just a couple of pieces away. And then we got stuck in the endless Dolphins feedback loop of seven and nine to nine and seven and somewhere in that window. And so the idea of getting Tua in there now is to develop him so that we don't get stuck in that feedback loop, even if this team does make it into the playoffs, because that's what happens if you leave Ryan Fitzpatrick in there to play all season and they reach nine and seven or even 10 and six and, and get into the playoffs. Does this team, you know, this team goes into the offseason without having any real idea of of where they are. So I like the idea of bringing Tua in now from that perspective and getting that opportunity over the course of 10 games. You'll know over the course of the 10 games, you know, how he's doing and where he's at. If by the end of those 10 games, he's still not comfortable and he's still making a lot of really, really bad mistakes. And then you go into the off season and you have a full off season and a full next season to see him develop. And he doesn't develop much further beyond that. Alarm bells are ringing at that point. Whereas if he's making his debut next season, you know, it's going to take longer to evaluate him. This way, the organization can look at him and say, okay, here's our guy. Let's see him over the course of 10 games this year. Let's see how he does this year. And if it's not coming together, they'll be able to get a sense of that, I think, fairly early and be able to change course uh, sooner rather than later, if that is the case. Well, and and that's all right. And that's all true. But I just want to give a couple of counterpoints to why this might not be the best move. Uh, if the plan was to, to sit Tua as long as you could afford to sit him because, uh, because Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing a good job and he's got the locker room and everything like that. Um, you know, let's look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes sat his entire rookie year behind Alex Smith and then came out in his second year and set the world on fire. Yeah, there's an argument so, to be made that he sat too long, though. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he sat just long enough. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the Chiefs aren't going to argue about the process that got them their first Super Bowl. That's, fair. that's That's where fair. we want to be, right? Yeah, we yeah. want to win the Super Bowl. Well, Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl in his second year as a starting quarterback. If, if, if I have to sit, if, if, if Tua's got to sit for an entire year so that we win a Super Bowl two years later, I'm fine with it. Um, that's not to say that that's, you know, the way it always pans out. To me, the bigger concern is if Tua doesn't give you the best chance to win, then you risk undermining a culture that you've started to build that you've 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 built this culture on competitiveness and winning every day and going out there and trying to win every single game regardless of what the outside says regardless of how many people say that you don't care about winning this year and you're trying to tank you go out and you win five of your last nine games because you care and you want to breed this this culture of competitiveness and always trying to win but what message does it send to your locker room if you're playing a quarterback that 
doesn't give you the best chance to win on that given Sunday, especially when the guy that he's replacing is the leader of the locker room and is so beloved in the case of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think it's a very risky move in that sense. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's now something we should say, be- we should say there doesn't seem to be any indication that the locker room isn't behind Tua. It seems like everybody is on board. At least this is what they're saying publicly, that everybody is on board. Yes, there was a lot of uh, talk today that Ryan Fitzpatrick was very brokenhearted about this decision, and it it took him completely by surprise. And all of the players found out uh, when, you know, the same time that we did, when the the news was broken, the media, suddenly uh, that was when everybody else found out. So, you know, obviously it was surprising, but everything that we're hearing right now seems to be that people are behind this decision and, and that they're excited by it. It, it seems unlikely to me and, and, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll hear about it, but it seems like Brian Flores through his first year and six games as head coach of the Miami Dolphins has established a culture of trust and, uh, camaraderie in that locker room that I think has everybody on board with this decision. And and the other thing is, there is not a single person in that locker room that doesn't know that Tua is the guy that is going to be the, the one that takes this franchise forward. There's not a single person, down to Ryan Fitzpatrick himself, who said all along that he introduced the term, that he knew he was a placeholder. He knew that that's what he was being brought in to do. So I... I understand that it's always a possibility that that could, you know, undermine some of that camaraderie that you're putting in a quarterback switch. But I think if Tua goes out there and is struggling and doesn't have any kind of grasp at all uh, of how this thing is running and just looks to be lost, like if he looks like what Josh Rosen looked like at times when he was in there, then that's a different conversation. But well, if if Tua goes out there and performs and looks competent and looks confident, then I don't know that we're going to be in a situation where we're we're at risk of losing the locker room or, or having some sort of uh you know insurrection on our hands. Yeah, and I'm not saying it like it's going to be some drastic thing like that. But let's let's you know what I've heard is. Brian Flores, you know, the players are saying that we trust Brian Flores. If Brian Flores says this is the guy, then this is the guy. And that's great. But that's not some ring endorsement where they're saying, yeah, absolutely. We've been watching this guy in practice and this was the move to make. That's not what they're saying. They're, they're giving you the canned answer for the media because they know that they can't be putting anything crazy out there. And they're saying, look, this is the move that Brian Flores wants to make. We trust our head coach. He's our leader. That's what we're going to do. Um, as for the Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, comments, I love that Ryan Fitzpatrick answered it honestly. Uh, I think a lot is being made of they're taking his quote and they're just picking and choosing like one sentence out of it to say, Brian, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was brokenhearted and that makes for like a big headline. And it, and, and when you take that out of context and you don't put it with any of the other words that he said in that quote, it sounds like he was being whining or being a malcontent, but that's not what he was saying. What he was saying was that 
for the first time since he was in Buffalo, which was like a decade ago, he felt like he had the locker room. This He felt like he was the leader of this team and he had really put his entire soul, heart and soul and invested into this team to be the guy. And even though he knew that it was a matter of when and not if he would be replaced, he just... You know, he was never going to just relinquish that job without a fight. And you shouldn't want him to. (laughs) You should want your starting quarter. You should want every player on your team to want to be out there, to want to be the starter and be out there as much as possible to help their team win. And then you have to take the rest of his his quote into context where he says, of course, he's got, you know, he's in his feelings, he's hurt about it, but he also knows that he's got to be a professional and he's got to be a great teammate. And you know that he's going to do those things. So I had no problem with what he said. And by no means do I think it's going to cause a faction in the locker room or anything like that. I just think that, uh, you know, for, for starters, if, if Tua goes out there and doesn't play well, you know, then what? <laughs> do, do, like, do you pull him? Because you you basically made this decision to start him, and if the idea is you got ten games to evaluate him, well, then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to pull him. And well, that's if one he of goes, the things. That's one of the things that I really like about the fact that they're making this decision at this point. Because when you look at the next handful of games that the Dolphins have coming up here on their schedule, this is, uh, you know, it's a sort of softer stretch here over the next oh, few I games. disagree. Well, yeah, I listen, disagree. They're going to be he's going to be under fire right away because uh the first team that they're up against is the Rams. So they've got that coming up. That's a pretty tough matchup. Aaron Donald breathing down your neck. That's a scary situation. So it's going to be a trial by fire for sure for Tua. But then they the take Cardinals, the Cardinals the, and the got, Cardinals have, have been really good against wide receivers. They have a really good pass defense. That's not by any stretch an easy matchup. He's coming out of the gate facing two difficult matchups. Yes, those are those two games are 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 the toughest, but then after that you've got the Chargers, Broncos, Jets and Bengals. It's a little bit of a softer stretch. It's not to say that there's a, an easy game, but if listen, those six games are going to give him an opportunity to sort of warm up and if he's if he's really struggling in those games, then you've got the Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders and Bills to close the season. It's going to be uh, you know, it's going to be a real tough finish to the season that those last four games are really really super tough but I think it's it's a softer stretch here in the middle than there has been at the very beginning of the season and uh, you know obviously against what is coming at the very end of the season so I think this is an okay time to make the switch but brain the overall thing here the overall thing that the, the sense that I'm getting from you is that you are not crazy about this decision to put Tua in right now is that is that fair to say? I'm I'm okay with it because again, the one thing that I think we can't understate is that Brian Flores is saying that he's ready. Right. And if he's ready, then if he's truly ready, then he won't suck. Right. And and not only will he not suck, he could potentially be great. 
And that's where, that's where this whole thing is because the reason that you're, that you're ultimately going with Tua as your starting quarterback, not just for this season, but hopefully for the next decade plus is because unlike Ryan Fitzpatrick, who right now is playing really well, but has this roller coaster and you know that at the end of the season is going to be somewhere in the middle of the pack. The idea with Tua is that he has a ceiling that Ryan Fitzpatrick can't get to. And if he's truly ready and we can get to that ceiling, then this is going to be a great move. I just felt like it's a, it's a ballsy move. It's a risky move because this was at the timing of the move. This was not a move that had to be made right now. And I just thought, why make this move right now if you don't have to, unless they're truly seeing stuff in practice that just says he's clearly the guy and it's time for him to go in there and he gives us the best chance to win. But I think, again, if that was the case, I just feel like if I was the head coach, and I felt like Tua gave me the best chance to win. That's like the easiest answer you can ever give to making any quarterback decision is we're going with the guy that gives us the best chance to win. It's the oldest line in the head coach uh, media playbook. And if that was the case, I just don't know why you don't just say it there. And so it, I, there's cause for concern there. But at the end of the day, look, it's exciting. I'm going to be way more excited to see what two is going to do out there than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And even if that means that we lose a couple of games that we otherwise maybe would have won, I can live with it because again, the long game is what we're playing here. It really seems like Brian Flores, his he has a way of wanting to introduce his young players did the game early and sort of hold their feet to the fire with the idea being that they will benefit long term from that experience when they were, you know, right, you know, just getting thrown right into the mix. He has that feeling that they're going to benefit from that long term, that that's a trend that we've seen with whether it's with. Uh, Noah Igbenogany was sort of in there because of injury, but with Brandon Jones and some other players as well. The rookie uh, offensive uh, line. Yeah, all, all the rookies on the offensive line, uh, Kindley and, and Jackson and, and Robert Hunt. These guys are in. They're they're going out there. They're getting experience. And the idea is, you've got the youngest team in the National Football League here. So let's get these young guys some experience now, and hopefully we will reap the rewards later. That seems to be the overall thing. So I'm very fired up. I'm excited. Feels like a Chris Greer decision to me. Well, you know, and listen, if that's what it is, then that's what it is. But we already know that Brian Flores and Chris Greer, their future with this organization is tied up in in Tua being the guy. So, I mean, if, if Tua is not the guy, if Tua is a, ends up being a huge flop, then, I mean, that's on Greer and that's on Flores and they're going to have to pay for that. And if Greer was involved in this decision to get Tua onto the field before he was ready, then you've got an issue with him getting involved that way. And you also have an issue with your head coach allowing the GM to get involved that way. Now, well, then you've is, got a whole issue of who's really in charge. And look, I'm not saying I'm, that's I what's don't want happening. that to be the case. This is, but we've, we've seen so much, that before. We've had so much dysfunction in this organization, in this, in this 
godforsaken organization sometimes we've had so much dysfunction the last thing that I want is to believe that that is what is happening here and that this is going to be a complete train wreck I am going to put my faith in Brian Flores and I'm going to put my faith reluctantly in Chris Greer and (laughs) I'm going to put my faith in Tua Tungavailoa that he is in fact the quarterback that we have been waiting for he is the savior he is going to lead this team to a Super Bowl in the next handful of years and the glory days will return the glory days will return to your Miami Dolphins brain that's what I am choosing to believe I am choosing to believe that it's all happening the way it's supposed to happen and that only good will come of this only good will come I really hope that you're right but in in listening to that monologue and just knowing the last 30 years, I just feel like there's, a, there is a just too big a part of me that right now is saying, why wouldn't I believe that there's dysfunction in the front office? Why wouldn't I believe that this somehow isn't going to work out? Why would I believe that this team is anything other than the same old dolphins. And look, I, I admit, like, the, what we've seen the last couple weeks, I, and, and so far this season, I've been very impressed with Brian Flores. Uh, I thought this was a big year for him to really take the next step and not get, uh, you know, not have that season two lull that we've seen from dolphins head coaches, uh, in the past. And, and I've been impressed with what they, with what they've been doing. But this, this took me by surprise. It's very risky. And when I think about the, the possibility that it could be a GM that, that made this move. And obviously you're not going to hear about that right now. But if somewhere down the line, something gets leaked about how, you know, Brian Flores wasn't totally on board with this, and this was a Chris Greer decision, and then ultimately Chris Greer gets fired, but Brian Flores keeps his job. I mean, how much more same old Dolphins can you get than that? Because then we're back in this whole new GM, same old coach, new coach, same old GM, that that whole cycle. For a while there, it seemed like we had a clear vision, and this is the first time since Brian Flores has been down here that I've had any inclination that maybe they're not exactly on the same page. And that's concerning. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going completely off of hunch here. I have no inside information. Um, So you're just a beat down Miami Dolphin fan who is resorting to your negative outlook on things because that's the way that this team has conditioned you to behave. I guess. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you can put it that way, but Amazing. I mean, I've been pretty spot on for 30 years. Well, like we, like I said, I am choosing to believe that this is the corner, that the corner is being turned, and that these are no longer the same old dolphins. Every step along the way thus far has indicated that they're not. So we might That's be the how same they get old. You. We might, that, that is how they get you. That's the, that's the other same old dolphins thing. They get you to that place where you, you fought against having hope for so long. No, 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 no. I'm not going to buy into it. I'm not going to buy into it. You finally buy into it. And that's when they break your heart. 
Well, hopefully not this time. Hopefully not this time. I'm being optimistic. I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited to see what this Dolphins offense looks like with Tua Tagovailoa at the helm. We will get into what we believe some of those specifics are going to be and, and what, if any, kind of changes to the offensive game plan will be implemented. We'll sort of talk about that when we do our Rams preview show next week. I believe we're going to be, there's going to be, there's talk of there being a roundtable for the DolphinsTalk.com staff coming up next week. Maybe we'll get into this a little bit at that point as well, once we've all had a little bit more time to digest this news. But right now, I'm sure all of you are in this place, just like I am in this place. And I, and I think, Brain, you're probably in this place too, in spite of your cynicism oh, and excited. all of that. It's it's an exciting time. Yeah. And, and listen, it was five snaps that he was in for against the Jets. And it was at the very end of the game, and it was absolute garbage time. But there was an electricity and an excitement on that field that I haven't felt watching the Dolphins in a really, really long time. And I include any of the time that Ryan Tannehill was the starting quarterback for this Dolphins team. It's like I said to Mike on our breaking news audio the other day. I said to him that this is the most fun I have had watching the Dolphins since that that Wildcat season. That season was unbelievable fun. And... This has the potential to be just as fun, and I'm having a great time right now. I'm happy to be along for the ride, just like all of you. That's going to wrap us up for this special edition of the Same Old Dolphin Show. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you are following us on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's at A-A-Ron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. You can also like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. More and more of you are doing that every day, so we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Additionally, we invite you to head over to Apple Podcasts where you can download, rate, and review the show. You can also subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts. We appreciate everybody who leaves us a five-star rating and a positive review. It really does help us out quite a bit. And we're also available everywhere you can get your podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere podcasts are found, you can find The Same Old Dolphin Show. And last but certainly not least, every episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show is available at DolphinsTalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. There are news, opinions, columns, film review, highlights, podcasts, Everything that you need from your Miami Dolphins is right there on DolphinsTalk.com. So make sure you're visiting the website every single day. Lots of good stuff cooking, including video content, enhanced video content coming soon, just like uh, perhaps part of this episode of the same old Dolphin show. You may end up uh, seeing on your Twitter timelines, you may get a little video clip, you may get a little video clip uh, over on YouTube as well. We're working on a new and improved DolphinsTalk.com YouTube channel, so we hope that you will join us over there and subscribe to that channel once it is all finalized and ready to go. We'll have that info for you probably uh, next week here on the same old dolphin show. In the meantime, enjoy the bye week, everybody. Have a nice weekend off. It's my birthday coming up on Monday, so I'm gonna have a nice birthday weekend here coming up. It's gonna be nice. We're gonna we're gonna kick back. I'm not gonna have to stress out about the dolphins, so it's gonna be relaxing. And uh, yeah, enjoy it. It's fall. It's almost Halloween. It's it's a beautiful time to be alive. Take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. 
Bye bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got Dolphins, the greatest of all teams.